Druids and cars go into festivals. They can chat about things. It's a druid podcast in cars. Sometimes the best parts of festivals are the discussions that surround them, reflections on what we did and heard, anticipation of what's to come, and processing what it all means in relation to our spiritual work. We wanted to help either introduce you to that phenomenon or extend it for you. That's what this is about. I'm Reverend Jana Vende. And I'm Reverend Michael J. Dangler. We're priests of Arnriach Fane and members of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. We're recording these sessions actually live in cars, actually going to festivals and events, so you will hear road noise, turn signals, and navigation prompts. But that's part of what makes it fun. So... Sit back and enjoy Druids in Cars going to festivals. Hey, it's Michael. Our episode today is fabulous, but I want to take a moment to let you know that if you are listening to this when it comes out, our Grove has an event coming up that I think you will like. On Sunday, August 4th, 2019, our Grove is providing the Druid Sunday service at the Dublin Irish Festival in Dublin, Ohio at 10 a.m. Eastern. We've been doing this for several years. And each year we tell a part of the story of the Lunasa Festival. About two or three hundred people show up to this ritual, coming from all walks of life. We do this ritual at the same time as a variety of mainstream church services. And while this service is radically different than our usual rituals, it gives us a chance to broaden our audience and open ourselves to new challenges. Specifically, they put us on a stage and we do druidry to people sitting in rows. It's weird, but we make it work. If you're in town this weekend, You can get into the Dublin Irish Festival for free with a canned good at the gate if you come for our service on Sunday morning. If you're not in town, you can tune into the live stream via Facebook. If you haven't already, go like the Three Cranes Grove ADF Facebook page. We'll be going live a little bit before 10 a.m. so that you can tune in from wherever you are. There will be music and fun prior to the service. And if you missed it, no problem. The archive will be on both Facebook and our YouTube page. We can't wait to do this. And we're excited to see you, either in person or virtually. Now, on to the episode. All right. Hi, everyone. I am here with Mike Beershank, who Hello. you probably know from the boop, boop, boop. Oh, God. I freak out every time this podcast comes on. I hear my own voice. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so he is the... the uh, musicator of our theme <laughs> song. The I... I Compose the music to Art Chipkowski's words. Yeah. <laughs> right, cut this portion. My goodness. Nonsense. So <laughs> we are here today to talk about the Dark Night of the Soul, which is um, normally in a state of like depression when you don't feel like things are going right. You don't feel like praying. You know, you don't feel like the guides are there or that they hear you or that it even matters to begin with whether they do or not um and it sucks (laughs) it sucks real bad and um i think i think it's probably something that most people go through i would say i would i would say so i mean i i come from a christian background and it's that's actually where the idea comes from right the dark night of the soul um you heard it talked about with the desert fathers who were hermits who were off in the desert, um, anchorites. And you would hear them talk about the noonday demon, um, as that, that horrible idleness that happens. And it's tied very closely with the dark night of the soul. There's this idleness and then this 
feeling that what you're doing is pointless and there is no god and whatever. So in our case, there are no gods, or if they are, they don't care. Right. I think I feel like for us, a lot of times, it's not so much that the the, the belief in the gods goes away. Um, okay. I mean... So for me, for me, it's not that my belief that they exist goes away, but it's that their gods doing their own thing and it's just complete indifference. That's interesting because for me it it really is something more like here I am doing my woo woo wavy hands lighting candles why because I keep a very skeptical view and I know you do too as mm -hmm. well but it it manifests differently for the two of us I'll just be going about my work which I usually feel pretty solid in and suddenly I'm like why am I even doing this like what is is this just bullshit is this some weird oops I read too much dragon lance and now here i am you know <laughs> doing this paganism thing <laughs> thank you thank you but it, it's real and it happens to i mean you're talking to a priest you're uh -huh. talking to somebody who hasn't done paganism all that long but is pretty serious about it and was doing other forms of religion pretty seriously for many years and felt it then as well it's not like it's something that only happens to to people who believe weakly or who are only beginning to do some sort of practice, it is a normal part of spiritual right. development. Well, and I think it, in some ways, it's it. The skepticism is important. Like I think that's an important part of having a spiritual life is that discernment. Mm -hmm. um, but when you hit bad headspace and things keep going to shit. Like, that's when your skepticism takes over and you're left with, why does this matter? Yeah. Why am I doing this? What's yeah. the point? So, I guess point one, it happens and it sucks. Yes. Point two is, I don't know, it was like, what do you do about it? You cry. <laughs> you cry. You cry. Um, but I mean, like... So we, we joked about that before we started recording. It's like, well, you cry. But honestly, that, for me, is, I think, part of it. I mean, you have to acknowledge what's happening. You can't go into it with this feeling of, I'm going to pretend this isn't happening, or I'm going to not honor my own emotions. Like, it's a normal thing, and it sucks. And it's totally okay to acknowledge that it sucks. So, okay, that's step, like, 2A is crying. <laughs> yeah. No, I've, I've found it in some ways it's hard because like Michael likes to say um, when you least feel like praying is when you need it the most. And okay, I agree. I agree. But also sometimes that's just not really helpful advice because you're like, I'm lighting this damn candle and I feel nothing. Nothing. Yeah. And um. I think it's one of the kind of the beauty but also the pitfall of orthopraxic religion is well yes if you light the candle and you say the prayer and you make the offering you're doing you're the doing thing, the thing but that doesn't make it feel good right i mean i will support um michael's statement because it actually has worked for me sometimes i mean it has worked for me too yeah but in that moment no 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 it just sucks. <laughs> but it's it's that moment of like um when when it's tied to deep existential dread, like not just 
the gods don't care or the gods aren't there, but also, and also nothing means anything. Right. Um, sometimes that, that concrete act of lighting a candle, that concrete act of saying a prayer can be this really valuable grounding. And for me, I see it as sort of like a door opening. Like if I open that door, then maybe something will come through from the other side. And often it does, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, I, I do get a good feeling sometimes. A lot of times, cause I mean, when I, when I hit that like depressive state, most of the time I, I I'm numb. Yeah. Um, and it's very much like I light this candle and I feel nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, but then the way that I tend to, the way that tends to happen when I break out of that is not so much feeling better, but then being able to cry. Cause mm. the feeling that I get is like, I light the candle and all of a sudden there's this sense of feeling again, mm. which is then what causes that release in me to be able to cry, which is the first step in moving towards, Oh, I guess someone uh, maybe does care. Yeah. That that's interesting. And here we just see the difference in our two right. different neural wirings. Yeah. Right. Cause yeah, I don't usually get the numbness. So for you, step 2A is light the candle yeah. and step 2B is cry. Gotcha. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> what what for you is next? I mean like okay, so you you light the candle, mm -hmm. you begin to feel again. Right. Great. What happens next for you? Um so the the danger point for me is that you kind of go through this like if you're feeling depressed and self-destructive, if you're numb, that's safer because you're not going to be self-destructive. But when you start feeling again, it's a careful balance between like having motivation and feeling self-destructive and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it, it, it allows me to feel those emotions again, but then also provides the anchor that I need to have this grounding in reality mm -hmm. almost. Um, and for me, and a lot of it is the way that I work with Poseidon is because he's the rock in the middle of the maelstrom. And so when I light the candle, and I mean, that's who I'm praying to most of the sure. time. Um, I light the candle and I feel him. And so then the emotions come up and they start swirling. But then there's that anchor point that holds me. And so when I, when I feel that emotion swirling, that ticks the brain where it says, well, that's part of Poseidon. So then I start feeling that connection again, even though it's not a connection in like a feel good way yeah, so much, yeah. but, but it, it's still a, a it's still thing. a connection. Yeah. That that's so interesting because you and I both have ocean deities as patrons. But right. For you, it's Poseidon, and for me, it's Mananon. But they're really different because you're because <laughs> you've got the rock in the middle of the maelstrom, and mine is much more like the the rudderman like the the navigator the guide mm -hmm. and so it's less like um that he is the rock and the storm or something like that but rather that he's there with me trying to navigate this or okay. trying to or trying to guide me through it i guess yeah yeah which makes it both kind of great because sometimes i mean i'm using nautical metaphors but honestly in this case often the mental image that appears is like sitting in a cozy study in front of a fire with brandy. I don't know, I've got some weird British period piece thing in my head that I can't get rid of. Um, 
but it, it's still there. But it makes it a little harder too, because for you that um, that negative feeling can almost be a reminder. Whereas I need the positive feeling almost to feel that connection. So it's like I have to bootstrap up to that almost, and yeah. it's that's tricky. It's interesting because it's similar to a lot of the like intense emotional songs that I write. Mm-hmm. Is most of those songs come out of the everything has been terrible and now you have these feelings that you're getting out. Right. So, like, a lot of my music is very much out of that same spot where um, things have been bad and all of a sudden there's this, oh, right, there's connection out of the negative feelings, which then allow you to pull yourself further up and escape the negative cycle. That's a, I mean, it... It's not a fun progression, but no. it's it's a functional progression, <laughs> which is you put the fun and functional. It's yeah, good. <laughs> like it just kind of works, huh? Yeah. I find that that these dark nights of the soul for me are often very closely linked to just my general mental state. Malaise. <laughs> Malaise. Oh uh, yeah. Badly diagnosed, mostly subclinical depression, you know. Um, <laughs> so, like, so for me, honestly, the thing that helps me get out of that is often just stuff that helps to bump me out of depression anyway. So if that's listening to music or playing music or cooking or just taking a damn walk. Like, yeah. um, it's not that those are panaceas somehow and they're going to magically make things better but that acknowledging that your religious mental state is part and parcel of your overall mental state right it's it's a good reminder right you know if you're having this moment of crisis of faith maybe consider whether you need to eat something yeah i mean i and i don't say that to be reductive i say that as someone who if i don't eat properly my mind goes to hell Right. I tend to be the reverse of that. Like, I, I start feeling like shit and then forget to eat. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. makes things worse anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I think, I think it's also useful to remember that the Dark Knight of the Soul crisis of faith means that there was faith mm-hmm. and there can be faith again. Yes. Um, like, looking at it as a, as a piece of your spirituality rather than a loss of your spirituality. Yeah. I think it's appropriate to, and it's hard to do, but I think it's appropriate to think of it in the same way that we think of the wheel of the year where we go, like right now we're sitting here at Wellspring. It's the beginning of summer, but the wheel is going to turn and it will be darkness and winter Mm -hmm. again, but then it will again be light in the springtime. In the same way, you can have these moments of full and flowering, you know, whatever, and then, uh, and then it goes down, and right. then it comes back up again. Well, and I even um, the, uh, one of the other deities that I work with very closely is Ushis. Mm-hmm. Um and so there's this like the night is darkest before the dawn. Yes. And so when you're in that dark night of the soul and everything is awful, that means that the dawn is going to come again because the dawn always comes again. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and especially working with her and, you know, having, um, with kids, that's not so much anymore, but I used to have a very strong practice of waking up with the dawn and lighting a candle, um, and speaking to Ushis. And so having that 
the dawn comes again because the dawn always comes again um, kind of relate, relates heavily to that that dark night yeah I hear that I feel like I'm hearing too that like <laughs> I'm depressed on a daily basis and you're depressed once a season <laughs> I was, more, I was actually going to talk about the moon, so let, let's maybe make it more okay. monthly okay, there. Okay. Uh, yeah, but it's the same thing. You know, yeah. It's like, okay, the moon is. Yeah, there's cycles. Null. But yeah, I mean, and I think that's been one of the interesting things about paganism for me is being more aware of the fact that it's all cycles, man. It cycles all the way down. Yeah. Um, whether it's just the cycle of the pulse of your heart on up to the cycle of the year or the cycle of the solar system getting back around to one particular configuration, however the heck long that is, you know, so it, <laughs> it's all these circles within circles. Yeah. Well, and it's also like that, uh, we were talking about it earlier in a different conversation about like, um, attendance at events is this ebb and flow, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. also so is your spiritual life. It oh, ebbs yeah. and it flows. And I think both of us working with ocean, deities uh it you mean ebb, like the tide it ebbs and it flows <laughs> yeah. yeah so i i think that's definitely a part of it too um yeah and be nice to yourself yeah. <laughs> like you're not a bad person or a bad pagan or whatever right. because you're having a dark night of the soul you're yeah just when you're having that crisis human. of faith it's not it's not a bad Thing. Like it sucks, but it's not a bad. Yeah, it's not thing. an inherent bad in the right, world. Right, right. Um, it's it's not. It's not bad miasma, like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Helene's. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. So so advice portion. Uh, <laughs> advice portion. Uh, make sure you've taken care of your physical bodily needs. Have a Snickers. <laughs> you know. Drink some water. Just uh, drink some water. Take a nap. Call your person. <laughs> Call your person. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then, I mean, honestly, Michael's thing about blah, 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 that it's the best time to pray. It's like, it may not work for you, but it's not a bad idea to right. just try going through the motions and see if that triggers that mental pathway that then can... You know, open things up. They can reignite yeah, in some exactly, sense. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, and I, and I think maybe like, and I wouldn't say start lighting a candle every day if that's not what you were doing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like for I me, I say light a candle because that's right. What so I do. so for me, like I light a candle in the morning and say my little prayers and then go about my my day. But like, if you have a different. Um, However you experienced your spirituality before, mm -hmm. I think trying to just keep doing that. Um, and if you have the spoons, maybe add something else in case you'll start feeling it in a different way. But I think allowing yourself to do that bare minimum mm -hmm. and be okay with that. And speaking of the bare minimum, if you have you know a practice that you usually do, but you don't have the spoons for it that day. Like if you have some, you know, 15, 20 minute thing you usually right. do and all you've got that day is I'm going to light this candle and I'm going to say I'm here and I would like to be better connected. And that's what I've got. I today. mean, there are definitely some days where I've gone through this and it's been, I'm going to light this candle. I'm going to stare at it for a minute. Okay. Psst. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm going to put it out. Like that's, that's all I've got. 
Um, that's totally fine. And I think, I, I think that's fine. I think that's really hard for me to remember in the moment that that's fine, but I think that's fine. <laughs> Moral of the story, it's fine. <laughs> it sucks, but it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's going to come back around again. Just know when it does that it's here again. Mm-hmm. And this too shall pass. Yeah. Thanks for listening, and there's more to come. We welcome your ideas and questions. If there's something that you'd like to hear us discuss in a future episode, please drop us a line at druidsincars at threecranes.org. If you would like to donate, you can do so at threecranes.org slash donate. Druids in Cars Going to Festivals is a production of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. Learn more about our grove at threecranes.org and more about druidry at adf.org. As always, keep circulating the tapes and let us pray with a good fire.